Welcome to the Celebration Sessions podcast with me, Connor Clear. The Celebration Sessions is a podcast about life, loss and love. As a celebrant, I want to look at how we celebrate, how we fall in love, the milestones we mark and how we can talk about the inevitable loss we'll meet along the way. This is my exploration into the beauty of it all. And it's my reminder to make the most of the important times and how important it is now more than ever to celebrate. So thanks for joining me on the Celebration Sessions podcast. Yes, indeed. The Celebration Sessions podcast. Thanks again for tuning in. And I'm delighted to say I have um, another little interesting episode for you. And again, it's just something a little bit different. I'm not recording this remotely. I'm not in a studio. Um, And in fact, I'm back at Recoleta Cemetery in Buenos Aires, uh, where I was here a few weeks ago. uh, And I did a wonderful, wonderful tour with Buenos Aires uh, Free Walks. And I learned all about Eva Perón um, and, and some of the interesting um, people who are here and it was on that tour that I discovered a little sense of some of the Irish um, who have made an impact on Argentine history. I heard about Guillermo Brown who founded the Argentine Navy and it's all thanks to my wonderful tour guide uh, Victoria Cata and uh, after the tour I said to Victoria, I said Victoria would you join me on my podcast and thankfully she said yes so I'm back here today with Victoria hola que tal Victoria gracias hi good afternoon I'm super excited myself to be on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) you wouldn't imagine no (laughs) I'm delighted you said yes I really really am Um, and I know we might actually touch on the Irish in Recoleta um, because it's one thing that when I came to Buenos Aires I don't think I was totally aware of the impact of the Irish here here in Buenos Aires. No, it is huge. It is huge. I was looking at some numbers today and I heard that it's like the the fifth largest destination in the Irish diaspora, eh, Argentina, and it's the like the biggest one in terms of being like a non-English speaking country so it is major the Irish are like super overrepresented in Argentina I would say you see them everywhere everywhere we do get everywhere we do get everywhere now I think an appropriate place to start this um, and I want to be conscious we might move over here because I don't want to um, interrupt um, another tour here this is a very peaceful place um, but it's busy at the same time uh, it's, and it's interesting in that regards that, that it, it has that balance between um, being, being busy but being very peaceful. We're at the grave now of Almirante Guillermo Brown. Exactly. Yeah. Now, as soon as I walked past this the first time, I didn't know an awful lot about him, but I just thought the name was, uh, the name jumped out at me and in looking at him, he's quite influential here in, in Buenos Aires extremely he is like one of the founding fathers of argentina if you will like when you think about the level of impact that this uh, patriots of the independence had in the country william brown is one of those names that often stand out you go to many cities around the country and you're going to always see that there's a monument that there's a statue that there's a street that there's something named after guillermo brown originally called william brown but well spanish fight as he came over here yeah (laughs) 
and yeah he is a major major character in the history of Argentina keep in mind that well he was born in Ireland he went at a very young age to the United States okay it is a little bit unclear like what happened in his childhood uh, some people say that he was a natural child like an illegitimate child so he was kind of on his own some people say that his family moved out of Ireland at some point but however that happened he made his way to the United States was over there uh, for about 10 years then he was kind of on his own his whole family died during an epidemic apparently over oh there words. and he uh, was basically hired by a ship captain that was just navigating over there he saw him just wandering about and asked him hey do you want to join wow. and he basically said yeah i would so he starts at the very low levels basically working on the ships over there and he makes his way to england initially he becomes part of a of an english ship and at some point he fights in the Napoleonic Wars, he's like part of all of that, but his loyalty was not with England. So you can imagine that at some point he basically will say, forget it, I don't want to be here anymore. And he decides to come to the region of the Rio de la Plata, so not just Buenos Aires, he initially comes to Montevideo, the capital of okay, Uruguay, yeah, yeah, yeah. where he establishes himself as a merchant. Uh, he then will relocate to Argentina at the time of the revolution, which happens in the year 1810. That is like the first step towards independence that we're going to have here in the country. Oh, wow. And he's going to be basically a, a major, major figure, especially during a battle that came to be known as the Battle of Martin Garcia. Martin Garcia is an island in the Rio de la Plata okay, that okay. was under Spanish control and he's basically going to go and take over that island for the control of the Patriots. So it was a major, major milestone in his career. After he fights in that in that battle in 1814 in Montevideo and, and basically the, the capture of the Martin Garcia Island, he will continue to become a relevant figure, especially a couple of years after the independence, in the years 1826-1827, in a war that Argentina has with Brazil. So at that point, he is going to like really, really make a name for himself, and he's going to become like this popular icon here in Argentina. So super, super. <laughs> I, I just as I learn more about it, I'm so taken by the fact that this guy, this man from Foxford in Mayo, a lovely, lovely part of of the country uh, in Ireland. And by the way, we the Foxford rugs are very. Um, uh, very well known in Ireland yeah. <laughs> they're beautiful sought after rugs and that's what we think of when we think of Foxford um, but now we have this this, this wonderful I I iconic person who, who's come over here and made such an impact how is he remembered here in Buenos Aires now? in Buenos Aires very very well remembered you're going to see that as we said, you have monuments and all of that, like an official capacity, but for many people, he continues to represent like this idea of uh, of, of something that we have heard a lot, especially during the World Cup. That That's why I'm bringing this up, which is this idea that anybody that wants to be an Argentine can become an Argentine. That is something that I feel is truly represented yeah. by Guillermo <laughs> Brown. This idea that he had nothing to do with his territories, with the, so, the, the, the seeking of freedom here in the country or anything like that but he chose to come over here and he chose to become this admiral and became the founder of the Argentine Navy so wow. you can imagine super super important <laughs> oh well I'm very proud to think that a fellow Irish man could, could do that you touch on the World Cup of course yeah. am I right in saying because I don't follow sports there, in 2023 there is 
uh, somebody on the Argentine football team who McAllister yeah, indeed, Alexis McAllister indeed, <laughs> indeed indeed yeah I remember hearing about him in the news um, yeah. at, at home as well we are facing a, a contemporary of Guillermo Brown here resting opposite Almirante Guillermo Brown we have Father Fahi yeah. so uh, now, uh, now might be a good time as we walk across to Father yeah. Fahi I do need to say to listeners we are outdoors here. Um, we're hoping the wind is kind to us here. So we you, I, we hope you can hear Victoria. Obviously, you heard the plane going across there as well. Um, these are the perils of recording a, a podcast outdoors. And I don't know, Victoria, you'd be here quite often um, as well. I was quite taken by the, the, the person who walked past blasting Don't Cry For Me Argentina. That's not common. <laughs> yeah. That's I've not common. Seen, I've seen something <laughs> like that happen before, but it's not that common. No, no, no. Because, well, in the cemetery of Recoleta, Eva Perón is buried. So indeed. You indeed. do get a lot of tourism related with Eva Perón. Evita, of so. course, of course, of course. We'll see how time goes. We might touch on that because she herself, of course, is uh, is, is an interesting figure. Let's get back to, to Father Fahi here. As I said, a contemporary of uh, Guillermo Brown and I believe a friend as well yeah he was his confessor at one point uh, Father Fahi was like the spiritual leader of the Irish community and it is interesting because they were contemporaries for a while but uh, Father Fahi was much younger than Guillermo Brown he came uh, to Argentina around the 1840s at a time which is very important in the process of migration from the Irish to Argentina because a uh, uh, Guillermo Brown came quite early in the game, if you will. Most of the of the Irish migration that we're going to have in Argentina is going to start by the 1830s, the 1840s. Most of these people are going to start coming over here. They're going to establish not within the city of Buenos Aires specifically. Many of them are going to work in agriculture. They're going to tend sheep, essentially a lot of sheep cattle especially in the northern part of the province of Buenos Aires, and uh, noticing that there was a need for a priest to come over here to be a kind of spiritual leader to this community, he was sent over from Ireland to Argentina to work with the community over here. And Father Fahi was basically this representation of uh, the idea of charity in so many levels, because he's somebody that is going to be deeply involved in his community. He's going to found schools, create churches in different parts of the province he wow. is going to be central in uh, basically allowing or arranging for the arrival of the Sisters of Mercy to Argentina oh, my word, uh, yeah. he's going to be super super important in that capacity he's going to work vastly within the Irish community but a phrase that will identify him as we said is this idea that uh, charity shows has no nation as he would say why because Father Fahey is, is going to be as we said super super involved with everybody and his death is going to happened during a very dramatic episode that we had here in the city of Buenos Aires, which was a famous yellow fever epidemic that happened in the year 1871. How did he die? Because at that point, there were so many people getting sick and dying, so many people seeking basically spiritual aid to at the time of their death. Right. And among the Italian community here in Argentina, that was so, so big, so important, so already starting to be established here in the city of Buenos Aires, he also decided to venture into the neighborhoods where these people were to help them out. And he tends to this Italian woman that was dying, and he was told, why are you helping her? She doesn't even belong to your community. And he said, but no, charity knows no nation. I need to be here wow. for her. 
he ended up getting the disease and he ended up passing away. He was originally buried here in Recoleta in a completely different part of the cemetery. Okay. Uh, keep in mind that Recoleta changes a lot towards the late 19th century. He passed away in 1871, which was before a big transformation that happened over here in Recoleta. And you can still see his tombstone that was preserved in another part of the cemetery, nothing to do, where they oh basically decided to keep the original one. And the monument that we have over here was paid for, arranged for by the Irish community in the year 1892. So some years after wow, his death, okay. they decided to collect some money and to do this specifically for him over here in Recoleta. You can tell that they brought the statue from Dublin. You can see all of that over there. So. I didn't <laughs> no, stop didn't. that. No, yeah, yeah. Oh my word. I'll have to get a picture of that yeah. and put it on um, the Instagram uh, page f for this podcast. And it is a beautiful uh, Celtic design and it's a beautifully uh, designed monument yeah. uh, to Father Fahi. And, and actually something that's joining dots in my head, you mentioned there would have been a, a huge uh, increase in migration into Argentina from Ireland during the 1830s, 1840s. You're getting close to the time of the Irish famine um, at, at that stage. Would that have been a driving force of sending people here at the time? Naturally, naturally. Most people started coming a little bit before that, which is interesting. But naturally, since you already have an established community over mm. here, a place where people could come, where they could integrate themselves, you're going to see that during the famine, many people found their way to Argentina too. And that is when we're going to see a huge increase in the Irish community. Wow. So again, Similar to uh, Almirante Brown, it, Father Fahi is again really well remembered and, and well respected within Argentine history. Exactly, yeah. Uh, the other day I was checking out, for example, that they were doing uh, talks about him. Like during the pandemic, they were having like conferences about Father Fahi in, in, I don't know, it was, as we said, it was super, super weird because he is a very important figure. He's very, very relevant, like within the Irish community, especially. But to think about the fact that he's uh, basically memorialized in this very visible place of the cemetery of Recoleta Absolutely. always makes people wonder, like, who is this man? Like, who? because the grave doesn't have his name, which was Anthony Fahi. He just says Father, Father Fahi. Father Fahi, that's <laughs> yeah. true, that's true. That's so true. it makes you go like, wow, who is this person over here? And it is worth sharing with listeners, as you walk in to Recoleta at, at the front, as you walk up the first, the main boulevard, he is here in what you would consider to be the, the central Avenue Boulevard here in in, yeah. in, in Recoleta. It really <laughs> is uh, a, a prime uh, a prime location. I think for our Irish listeners, it's worth saying that he is from Loch Ray uh, in County Galway, and again another uh, gorgeous part uh, of of the country um, in Ireland. And I think now might be a, a nice time to move elsewhere around the, uh, the the cemetery as well, because I do believe there are some other Irish people here resting in Recoleta. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So, as we move then to another part of, of the cemetery to, to um, talk about some other people resting here, now might be a, a nice time to just talk about, you know, a little overview of the history of, of this beautiful place. Yeah, we are in what is one of three public cemeteries that function here in the city of Buenos Aires. And this particular public cemetery, the Cemetery of Recoleta, is considered to be one of the most beautiful ones in the city, one of the most important ones, because keep in mind that it was the first public cemetery that existed in the city of Buenos Aires. So it went through many, many transformations over the course of the years. It was created in 1822, 
at a time in which it was decided by the city authorities that people should no longer be buried within the context of the Catholic Church as it was customary in colonial Buenos Aires as this land was under Spanish dominion. And it was decided to make a public cemetery. For many years, it was the only one. So you can imagine that uh, all sorts of people were buried over here, rich, poor, different ethnical backgrounds. It varied quite a bit. But then towards the late 19th century is when things are going to start changing in Recoleta. We already spoke a little bit about that epidemic. We're going to speak about a number of transformations happening in the city. The city is going to start growing. The profile of the people is going to start changing to quite a bit. And we're going to see the creation of other cemeteries in other parts of the city of Buenos Aires. And it was decided then at that point, kind of organically, uh, in the beginning to change the cemetery of Recoleta to the profile of the people that were moving to the northern part of the city of Buenos Aires, which is where we are right now, mostly wealthy upper class families. At that point, the cemetery is going to start changing quite a bit. We're going to see the appearance of many mausoleums, which is characteristic of Recoleta. You don't see like graves in the ground that are dug over here. We're going to see basically the creation of new sorts of buildings, new sorts of things. Uh, And in that sense, it's like the style that Recoleta has is pretty unique here in the city of Buenos Aires. Because they're so striking and all different styles, designs. And I know as we walk down here, some are actually, I would even call contemporary and quite modern. Uh, Some look like they might have been made in the 1970s, 1980s. Um, And then of course you've got older, more classical um, architecture as well. Um, The architecture alone, I just find so fascinating uh, about this place as well. It really is beautiful. You have all kinds of architectural styles over here. There was never like, a specified thing that you had to do in Recoleta, even if I always say you you notice that there was a certain line of taste that was followed, where the graves tend to be very sober in the sense that they are made out of very fine, very expensive materials, but you don't see a lot of like colorful graves, crazy looking graves or anything like that. They are crazy in their size sometimes. <laughs> they have a lot of statues, a lot of monuments, things like that. But the graves in general, there's not like one of them like stands out like a sore thumb in Recoleta. <laughs> and is it worth pointing out, obviously I would always want to be r- respectful of, of this place of rest, but there is something very striking that would differ, I think, from what we would be used to in, in Ireland, is the idea that many of these mausoleums and, and, and tombs here have glass fronts on them you see right in and the coffins are very clearly visible in, in a lot of in a lot of these which I find very striking um look it's a different way of doing it it's, it's certainly not you know negative or it, it's, it's just a, it's a different culture I think which is really interesting to see yeah and it's interesting because you don't see this everywhere in Argentina by all means and not even here in the city of Buenos Aires you see quite a bit of variation I heard some things, it's completely unconfirmed, but reading some, for example, uh, testimonies from uh, English travelers that were coming to Argentina in the early 19th century and things like that, what I could track down was the fact that at that point in history, in the early 19th century, Argentina was still a country that had just become independent. It was still not very economically developed. It was still quite a poor country. And at that point, we're basically going to see 
that these people were impressed by the fact that many burials happened without even having coffins. Like most people, only if they were very wealthy would they have a coffin and that would really stand out. So my own personal theory, as I said, not exactly confirmed by anything other than my reading, is that I always imagine that when Recoleta starts becoming the way that it does today, um, in the late 19th century, it's this important, these wealthy families that are being buried over here, having the coffin and showing off the coffin becomes a sort of status symbol in oh, Recoleta. And you can see that some of the coffins are beautifully made. They are not just regular wooden coffins. You see marble coffins in Recoleta. You see that some of them have a lot of wood carving, a lot mm. of things that are there for you to see them, not meant to be hidden away. And even for some of the older, uh, some of the older ones, so well maintained uh, as well in some cases yeah not in every case i've, no, I've no. seen unfortunately some um what you might call derelict yeah. <laughs> derelict graves as well but certainly some um very beautifully uh beautifully maintained ones might we be at an Irish grave? An we Irish are tomb right here? now. Yeah, exactly. This one is a, a special one because we just were we were just speaking about uh, Father Fahi. We were speaking about the Sisters of Mercy. Now we are in front of the grave of the Brothers of Mercy over here. Oh wow! And I bring you to this place because we're looking now at a grave that has become important in recent years here in Recoleta, because there's a man named Alfred Lamb, also known as Alfie Lamb, buried over here on the inside of this grave, who is on the road to becoming a saint, believe it or not. He um, was an Irishman, once again, a man of of faith. Uh, He was not a priest or anything like that. He belonged to the Legion of Mary. uh, And he came basically as as somebody that wanted to contribute once again with the efforts of the faith, the Catholic faith, that sort of thing, as a kind of missionary to Argentina in the 20th century. He was extremely, extremely young, uh, but he was considered to be very, very capable in that sort of of work. Uh, He came as we said, around the 1940s. And in 1958, as he was working in another part of Argentina, which is called Córdoba, which is in the mainland, he started feeling extremely unwell. He didn't know what was wrong. He came to Buenos Aires to get medical treatment and they discovered that he had cancer that was uh, very oh, advanced. So he, he said that the basically the ways of the Lord had brought him over here and that he had fulfilled his work in this way. So he considered it an honor to be able to be here in Argentina, to die in Argentina. And because of how big his faith was, he ended up being buried here in the grave of the Brothers of Percy. Oh my words. And it's an unmistakably Irish grave. I think what gives it away is the emerald green yeah. um, on the rails. And again, just to, to say, you know, the, the cultural difference in, in, in how we create these monuments again this has a glass front and there's a lovely i'm going to call it a shrine um inside as well and it's got photographs and do you know what it is a really lovely way to remember somebody because i'm looking at this wonderful um picture now and he's got a lovely smile and it's it's obviously a picture of him in his younger years and i think it's a nice way to, to to remember people it's really beautiful. Yeah, it's fantastic. And it's not just on this grave that you might say it belongs, as we said, to somebody that has become a little bit more famous now because he's starting to be like recognized by the Catholic Church and he's on the way to becoming a saint. But when you look within many of the graves in Recoleta, 
you can see like in the most spectacular ones remember that we're speaking about graves that belong to people that had a lot of money to be able to memorialize themselves and their families when you look within them you do find a lot of statues you do find a lot of sculptures a lot of busts or in the most extreme cases like a full statue of the full body of the person sometimes together with an angel that is taking them to heaven that sort of thing but in in many of the others you look within them and you're always going to find photographs you're going to find drawings that are brought up over by children for example or things like that and that is in my opinion even when you compare it with all the spectacular things that you find in Recoleta one of the most moving things that you see in the cemetery it's wonderful it really is wonderful so tell me then, are, are there some other Irish people here? There are some other Irish people. Those are the ones that we spoke about are like the most notorious ones, <laughs> the most important ones. But we mentioned that there's a lot of uh, Irish migrants that came to Argentina. So if you start looking around, you start encountering all sorts of uh, names. For example, you have the name O'Leary or around the cemetery of Recoleta. Oh my word. You have the name of Ogorman. If you want, we can go and see that grave. Because oh, please, the Ogorman yes family is a very well-known family here in Argentina. Once again, related with a very, very tragic tale, if you oh, will. My words. The grave is not very well kept. We were just speaking a little bit about how some of the graves are so old, uh, derelict, as you said, basically, uh, that there's nobody left to keep taking care of them. And they start kind of falling into this repair. But the O'Gorman family um, basically stands out in the history of Argentina because of a young woman that was called Camila O'Gorman. Her father was Irish. He had come to Argentina, like so many of these Irish migrants of the 1830s, especially. Okay. Um, and she is, if you will, part of this love story that went wrong. There have been movies made about this event in Argentina. One of those movies, Camila, was nominated for an Academy Award in 1984. So you can imagine <laughs> it's a very, very well-known story. What happened with them? Well. Camila fell in love with a priest <laughs> that was called uh, Ladislao. And what happened is that naturally, priest couldn't be with her. Uh, it was very, very wrong, but they kept this uh, romance, this affair a secret for many, many years. But at some point, they basically say, well, we cannot keep this up anymore. We want to live freely as a husband and wife, if you will. So oh, they decided wow. to basically escape from the city of Buenos Aires. They went to another province of Argentina called Corrientes, and they lived for about a month in a small town called Gosha, that is over there, without being detected. But at some point, somebody's going to start realizing that there was something wrong over there, because naturally they were all out looking for her, <sighs> trying to see what had happened with oh, Camila, and where this priest had taken her. Uh, because the priest had also gone missing, so it became very, very clear that the two of them were together. They were eventually found and it was a little bit of a PR disaster, if you will, for the, um, the governor of the province of Buenos Aires at that point. Because the governor of the province was a man called, um, he, he was called Rosas, Juan Manuel de Rosas. And he was somebody that, f by many people, is still considered to be like a tyrant of the 19th century. He's a very, very controversial figure in oh the history words. of Argentina. Okay. And this man, you can imagine, had a lot of like political adversaries. He was very, very much spoken about. So the fact that under his watch, a priest had gone away with this young woman that belonged to a prominent family was like, it would turn Rosas into a laughingstock. So that is why he put an extra effort in trying to find them. 
and trying to, of course, go after them legally, if you will. And again, just to put this in context, it's one thing for that to happen in 2023. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me what year this was again. This is in the 1840s. <laughs> oh, my word. Yeah. So, so here we are, we're actually, we're, we're arriving at it now. Yeah, it's this one over here. A grave that, as we said, it's in complete, complete disrepair, you can see. Oh, Gorman. Isla. Isla. Isla was another family, yeah. So we have two families in here. Yeah, it looks terrible. <laughs> so, well, finishing with the story of Camila, they will be found, they will be brought back to the city of Buenos Aires, and they will be made an example of, and they were executed publicly, so... Oh, my word. Yeah, it's horrible, horrible, very sad story, as we said, of the history of Argentina. So a lot of people, even if the grave, as we said, looks terrible, it's not one of those graves that have become historical monuments or things like that. It is a grave that continues to be visited by people that know about Camila's story, think that what happened with her was extremely unfair, and continue to come over here to leave flowers, little notes, things like that. Whenever you come over here, you always find things on this grave. This, this little plastic flower here, yeah. Um, looks very new and very recent. Yeah. <laughs> so people are still very taken by this story and, and feel very emotionally connected to it. Yeah, exactly. It is a it is a story. It's in a way like the ultimate love story, like tragic love story. A little bit old fashioned, I would say, by today's standards. But for many people, it continues to carry a lot of meaning. The fact that uh, these two young people had found love in this way and at a time in which they couldn't basically fall in love and become a couple in an acceptable way. They tried to do it. They tried to go somewhere else. They tried to go to a place where nobody would know them, but it, it was not a successful thing for them. And they ended up having, as we said, this very tragic end. So to many people, she basically represents like this sort of martyr of love, if you will. That is like a common idea that people have about Camila Gorman. Uh, and she is still greatly admired by many people. <laughs> I have to say, I'm very moved. Reminds me of, obviously, the classic love stories. All of the most iconic love stories are all tragic love stories, whether it's Romeo or Juliet or um, Tristan and Isolde. Um, and, and here we have the, the O'Gorman and Isla family tomb here in, in Buenos Aires. And in fact, O'Gorman is still such a, 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 a popular and, and common name in Ireland. I've no doubt there will be O'Gormans uh, in Ireland listening to, to, to this podcast. Um, look, I'm very conscious of time. I know I've, I've kept you a, a, an awful long time now, so um, we might just start to, to move towards the present day. I'd love to get a sense of what funeral rituals look like in Argentina today. Because am I right in saying Argentina is a very Christian country? Exactly, yeah. Still today, Catholicism is extremely, extremely big in Argentina. I always say, say that about 30% of the people in Argentina actually like practice Catholicism, like go to church every Sunday, do that sort of thing. But uh, the about 90% of the people in Argentina are baptized and typically follow all the sacraments. It becomes, as we said, like a rite of passage mm, in many people's of course, lives. Of course. So naturally, something as important and de as death is still very related with the Catholic faith. Even if we're going to see the relationship that we have with de with with Catholicism and with that sort of faith at the time of death is kind of waning a little bit. It's starting to change uh, because you're going to see that in the past and especially when you walk around Recoleta, you get this idea 
that the graves were made with a, a very like strong presence of uh, Catholic or Christian imagery in general. When you look at them, you see that many of them have crosses, many of them have uh, clearly religious items over here. And at the time of death, it was very common for people to have the, um, the last rites basically done and then to have some kind of mass, some kind of thing set for them and a huge, like you could say, celebration related mm. with that. Mm. Um, these days, it has changed a little bit for a multitude of reasons, specifically in the city of Buenos Aires and specifically speaking about the Argentines in the city of Buenos Aires. Because when you think about the migrants, people that come from other countries, you will see a number of variations. But when you think about the citizens of the city of Buenos Aires, in general, what we see is a massive, massive transformation when it comes to death in the sense that people don't invest, if you will, the time that they used to in death and even at the funerals in the sense that in the past it was very common to have a wake that would last through the night Indeed. to have somebody come pray for the deceased do those kinds of things these days uh, I imagine that it is because as we said of a cultural change but also an economical transformation in Argentina in a country that goes through many economical crises right now we're going for a major economical crisis for a lot of people it is something that they just can't afford they go for the cheapest kind of service that they can okay, yeah. it is something that you see quite a bit and you're going to see that for example thinking just anecdotally about the last funeral I was in they had like a small they call it a wake but it was just a couple of hours in the morning mm. that they had a viewing if you wanted to go and see the person and then they called over a priest that said a prayer for like 15 minutes and then that was it in terms of it what happened is that later this person was taken to the crematorium which is also one of the most favorite options today for people burial has become kind of uncommon and as we mm. said out of the reach economically for many yeah, people yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, the person was taken to the crematorium and only the closest family members went with them most of the other people didn't even go to the cemetery and today it is basically like that you will notice that people go to the cemetery for the funeral if they even go to as we said <laughs> indeed but look i do think there are correlations actually in what's happening in Ireland uh, similarly as well, perhaps for different reasons. I, I think culturally we've we've stepped, well, we haven't stepped, we are stepping somewhat uh, away from the church and there are some beautiful options uh, available in, in Ireland as to how you can mark that, that, that funeral rite, um, which is really beautiful to see. The wake, I think, still would happen yeah. in, in Ireland. So it's interesting, Jirna, that that you, you say it wouldn't be as, as, as common in, in Argentina anymore. Um, and then I think cremation as well is, is hugely uh, on the rise for economical reasons because it is yeah. quite expensive uh, to, to, be, to be buried um, these days as well. So it's interesting to hear the, the correlations in, in cultures and, and how they're, they're shifting as well at the same time. Yeah, 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 quite a bit. <laughs> um, so we've ended up here, uh, somewhat linked uh, to where we've started, and we're at, as, as you mentioned, the original headstone, if, if we can call yeah. it that, yeah. of Canon Anthony Fahey. Yeah, exactly. Over here you can see his name, it doesn't just say Father Fahey, he has the other grave. Uh, and this one was retrieved, as we said, because the cemetery of Recoleta changed so, so much over the course of the years. 
in the in the time when this headstone was on the ground it was like on the ground father he was buried underneath it and all of that and at the time of the transformation of recoleta when the older graves start disappearing today there's nobody buried in the ground in recoleta that just doesn't happen anymore everybody's placed within within mausoleums within the monuments <laughs> so oh, we're joined by friends <laughs> yeah <laughs> so they retrieved this old tombstone and they decided to preserve it somewhere in the cemetery so that people could see this this historical grave too in some other place and again unmistakably irish it's got the celtic harp on it canon anthony fahey 27 years irish chaplain of buenos aires died february the 20th 1871 in the 67th year of his age r.i.p um it's really nice. Um, Victoria, I've taken up far too much of your time today, but can I just say, it's been so beautiful just walking around here and and, and you sharing your stories and, and sharing your knowledge and, and, and your wisdom as well and, and really helping me create something. You haven't helped me create something. <laughs> You've created uh, something uh, today, which is um, a lovely little tribute, uh, I hope, to the Irish uh, in Buenos Aires. And I've nothing but gratitude. Muchas, muchas gracias. Thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity and for allowing me to go somewhere to speak about the Cemetery of Recoleta, the immigrant communities of Argentina. I love, I love this. It's one of the things that I love the most in my life. So thank you so, so much for having me. It's wonderful. (laughs) And look, I think I'm allowed to say that you are, you, you, you obviously were with um, Buenos Aires um, Free Walking Tours. Exactly. Buenos Aires Free Walks is the name of the Sorry, company. Yeah. And you can find us online. It's like the, the most important free walking tour company that we have in Buenos Aires. So you can find it easily. And I work for them. So. Now, it's important to say you're here on your own time. It's not an ad. <laughs> it's not affiliated. Yeah. Um, but in, in all sincerity, uh, because I came across you when I was here two weeks ago and learning about... Ava Peron, Ava Duarte, and the Duarte grave as well, um, and that in itself was just so interesting. And I knew, I knew when I met you that day, I was like, I wonder what Victoria chats me <laughs> um, on the podcast. So, um, but I came across you online, and I'm so delighted um, that that I had that day with you, and and more so even this day as well. Fantastic. <laughs> so look, I'll put a link to um, Buenos Aires uh, free walks uh, into the episode title. Um, but Victoria, once more. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for joining me. And to you, the listener, as always, uh, thank you for joining me on the Celebration Sessions podcast. Adios. Adios.